like when women understand how their bodies work, they can be so, they can feel so much more prepared and understanding. Like you won't feel like you're fighting your body anymore when you know why something's happening, right? You're going to instead switch your point of view to a supportive one, like a loving one where you're like, okay, I have a ton of I have a ton of cravings right now and all I want is brownies instead of indulging maybe in the, you can still have a brownie, right? But maybe yeah. not the whole thing, the whole <laughs> box. Instead of like, like making the wrong choices, you can make the right choices and come from a place of love and support as opposed to, you know, constantly like that battle state that, you know, fighting your body, fighting your biology. It just makes things so much easier. And I like to say, like, if you, when you're cycle syncing and you're aligning your life with your cycle, it's kind of like swimming with the stream instead of constantly swimming upstream. Like when it's, it's not a battle for you anymore. Everything's Mm. just really easy and it flows. What gets us through this crazy hockey journey is our amazing community of women. Inspired by our online network, Breaking the Ice is a platform created to connect us even more as we share our stories, our passions, our tips, tricks, do's and don'ts for all things hockey, and so much more. For hockey expats, by hockey expats. So lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Good morning, guys. I hope you all are doing well. Welcome back to the podcast. I was thinking to myself today, I cannot believe that it is already halfway through October. It's just crazy. I mean, this year has definitely felt for me like it's been dragging on and on. But at the same time, I look back and I'm like, how did we get here so fast? It's it's wild. Canadian Thanksgiving just happened. American Thanksgiving's happening this next month and then Christmas and then it'll be a new year. And hopefully this year will be so much better than last. I think that it was a very overwhelming year for a lot of us. But for those that are still at home and, you know, still having an off season, I hope that you're enjoying the cooler weather and kind of getting into the festivities that you might not be able to usually spend at home. So there are... There are definitely perks to that. I don't know if you've been noticing, but I have been batch recording a lot of episodes lately. And so my reasoning for that is that I'm expecting my son at the end of the year. So I want to make sure that I'm prepared and organized and I don't feel overwhelmed right after I have him to record an episode. So I have had so many conversations and every time I'm like, I want to share this episode right now. I wish I could just put them all out all out at the same time, but just know that we have some really, really good episodes coming your way and I cannot wait for you to listen. Today on the podcast, I'm talking to Elena Cross from Balance Buyers and you've probably seen me post about our conversation a few times. All I can say is, wow, I seriously learned more information about periods, hormones, my body in the hour that we talked than I have honestly throughout my my existence. I was saying this to Elena, I feel like we kind of grow up thinking that the word period, it's like this word that has a stigma around it and it's you're supposed to be stealth. Like when you pass someone a tampon, it's like this, you know, kind of secretive thing. And I don't know, there's just so much that I think people do not know about this topic. And 
I got my period when I was really young. I got my period in fifth grade. I remember I went home. My mom just kind of gave me what I needed. And I didn't really learn much more about it. And I don't think that's that's no one's fault. I just think there wasn't enough information about it at the time because all studies have been done on men versus women. Then when I went on to high school, I had really heavy periods. I had really bad cramps and I went on birth control. Another thing I just really didn't ask a lot of questions about. I just kind of, my doctor said to take it. So I did. And I was on it for 10 years until I wanted to start trying to get pregnant and just get my body regulated back to normal. I would say for the good majority of my life, I have always thought that you have a period and then you don't have a period. So when you're on your period, you're on your period. And when you're off your period, you're off your period. (laughs) Bear with me. So there is so much more to that. There's four phases of your period and we dive into each phase. Elena uses these analogies that make me remember what these phases do, how I'm going to be feeling in each phase, how I need to feel my body in each phase, how I need to exercise for each phase. So we talk about cycle syncing. It's creating these lifestyles around our cycles. And she talks about why it's important. We also talk a bit about hormonal birth control, how her and her sisters feel about that, how it affects the four phases of your cycle. And we discuss common hormone imbalance symptoms and why we need to get to the root of the cause as opposed to band-aid solutions like birth control. She tells me about her top practical tips for optimizing hormone health and we also discuss her new program that she's launching and what is included in it. So her and her sisters, they run this business together. Their Instagram is freaking amazing. If you have not checked it out, make sure to go follow them because it's just packed with so many tips so much information, and I learn something every time they post, which I love. And I'm definitely, once I'm no longer pregnant, I'm going to cycle sync because they said they'll never go back to the way it was before. A little bit about their program, it's called Power of Periodization, or POP. It's a 12-week program that teaches women the foundations of eating and exercising according to their monthly cycle and natural hormone rhythms. POP provides three months worth of workouts, hormone health education, exclusive recipes, and customized monthly templates to guide women on how to live in alignment with their four distinct phases. Their course is designed to empower cycle sisters everywhere to stop battling their bodies and instead to work in true harmony with their menstrual cycle magic. So at the end of this episode, Elena discusses her program and also provides a discount code for all of you listeners. The program started October 15th, so this episode came out a little bit later than that, but she said that's no problem. The first couple weeks are just educational material, and after that, the official cycle syncing and program starts on November 1st. So when you're listening, you can still join in. All of the information's on their website. You can message them on Instagram. They're all super nice, and I am so excited For you to listen to this episode, I don't want to spoil anything more. Please let us know what you think. Make sure to share this. Let's end this stigma that your period is a problem because it's not. Oh, yes. And one more fun fact. I asked her the best time it is to go to a hockey game and cheer on your man. And she said it's probably during the first half of your cycle in the follicular and ovulatory phases. Your energy is going to be a lot higher. You're going to feel more outgoing and upbeat, which is perfect for enjoying the game with other girls over, of course, wine. So enjoy all of the tips she provides in this episode. You are going to love it. 
All right, Elena, I love your business Instagram page. It's so informative. And I think a lot of us grow up with this idea in our head that talking about our periods and hormones is icky. Like it's this, you know, kind of touchy subject that you talk about in health class in seventh grade. And as you get older, there's a lot of misinformation on the subject. And I'm honestly just so excited to learn more from you today. So thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be here and chat through all this stuff. Um, it's seriously like my sisters and I are so passionate about it and we love to talk about it on our Instagram page and with family and friends all the time. So this is amazing. And thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm excited to be here. Of course. And I love that you do this with your sisters and I'd really like to hear about how you guys got, you know, interested in the subject and ultimately taking what you've learned along the way and creating a business from it. Yeah, so I can give you a little bit of a background. Um, the three of us grew up as competitive soccer players and we, we played, you know, from age four all the way through college. And um, so we always kind of had like a con good connection with our bodies and we're kind of obsessed with figuring out ways to like optimize our performance. Um, so after school though, it wasn't until after school where we realized how much um, you know, diet and exercise has such a big impact on your life and your overall like happiness and health. And um, so especially when you, you know, aren't on a team anymore and you don't have a coach telling you when to show up for practice or for workout and you don't have the team support and you're not eating in the cafeteria anymore, right? So you're, mm -hmm. you're, um, you're having to make your own food and, um, you know, bring it to work and you're sitting at a desk all day. And so we kind of struggled a little bit post-college and um, that's when we really like realized that, you know, you're, what you're eating, what you're putting in your body, how you're treating your body, um, you know, your exercise routine, it all has a huge impact on your health. So we kind of became obsessed with that for ourselves. And, um, you know, we were helping ourselves and then, you know, giving tips to friends and family here and there. And we realized how passionate we were about it. So we, we decided to um, do a health coaching certification together, of course, because we legitimately can't do anything on our own. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, uh, we did a health coaching certification. And um, while we were, you know, learning all of this stuff. And even afterwards, when we were working with clients, there's something called mirroring where you're, you know, you're, you're giving your clients advice um, on, you know, holistic ways for them to, you know, live a, a healthy life. And you end up um, taking the advice that you're giving them and you apply it to your own life. So we kept seeing like hormone imbalance symptoms over and over again when we were working with women and it made us realize, you know, that we had our own hormone imbalances to deal with. So like I have PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, and my sister Carly, she had secondary amenorrhea, which is um, essentially when you don't have a period for a long period of time. And so we were like, okay, we have our own work to do here. So, um, you know, we were became obsessed with that and healing our own, our own bodies. And we realized like every woman around us, pretty much like your, like, if you think about your, the friends that you have or your, your family or everyone has a hormone imbalance, it seems um, like women are dealing with bloating, PMS, acne, um, you know, missing periods, irregular periods, painful periods. And it's, it's really sad. And, it, and um, it's like, we shouldn't be living this way and we shouldn't be um, accepting these, like symptoms 
and just living with them and like suffering in silence. So um, we decided like, that's where we were like, you know, it's time that women need to know more about their bodies, learn more about their bodies. And um, so that they're living a life where they're more connected to their bodies and they love themselves and they're not, you know, constantly in this battle um, against their bodies. So, so yeah, so that's kind of how we got so passionate about, you know, women's health and menstrual wellness. And, um, and that's kind of how we, where, how we got to where we are today. Yeah. And I feel like just throughout the years, I don't know when you first started kind of learning about it, but I feel like I almost never really learned that much about it. Right. Like it's, you hear, you get a period and you know, how to take care of it and whatever, but you don't really learn about your cycle. So will you talk a little bit about how we, I guess, kind of have grown up, I guess, misinformed about our bodies and how there's been a lack of education around the matter as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you think about like growing up, you only, you hear about your, you get your monthly cycle and you're like, you get your period for the first time and you think it's like this burden and it's a problem. And, um, you know, it needs to be like handled. And then once it's gone, you know, you're relieved and you're, you're like, you're, you're, you don't want it to come again, right. For another mm-hmm. whole month. Right. And as women were grown up thinking that our bodies are a burden and our cycles were a burden and, um, we really have no education around it. Right. So for the most part, we think that there's two phases to our cycle, right. There's the bleeding and there's the not bleeding. Right. Like, did you believe that? Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> even until so, recently, like it's just, I'm learning so much, even just from following your Instagram page. And it, yeah, it's just, you think, okay, my period's coming. I get in a bad mood around this time. My period goes yeah. away and then it doesn't come again for a month. And then that's just, there's two parts of it. Yes, exactly. And in reality though, there's four phases to your cycle and there's like, it's like a hormone party all month long with hormones going up and down and doing like certain, they have certain jobs and um, there's actually four phases to our cycle, which is something that my sisters and I are so passionate about educating women about. Um, and I'd love to talk a little bit about them if that's okay. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll start at the top. So like there's the menstrual phase, which is the bleeding phase where, um, you know, every, every woman, woman knows this, it's your period. Then you have the follicular phase, which is the phase right after your period. And, um, and then there's the ovulation phase, which if you're, you know, trying to get pregnant, you know what that's all about. That's when you're, you know, you're looking to, you know, have sex and stuff so that you get pregnant. And then the luteal phase is the phase right before your period. And that's usually where the PMS happens. And, um, each one of the phases plays a major role in making your cycle go round and round and round and round. Um, and like, just like anything else in nature, like the seasons or like the tides or even the moon cycles, a woman's body is like very cyclical. Um, and because our hormones are changing so much internally, it's all, they're also going to have a major impact on how we're feeling emotionally and physically and mentally um, week over week which makes a lot of sense why most women feel like super, they can feel super different from one week to the next, right? So like one week you could be crushing it at the gym and doing boot camp classes and, um, 
like your diet's on point, like you're eating your salads and you're so super happy and you don't have any cravings. And then the next week you could be exhausted. You can barely do a push up at the gym and, um, your cravings are up the wazoo. Like you could literally eat a, an entire box of Cheetos or a Cheez-Its <laughs> in one sitting, right. And still not be satisfied. Yeah. So it makes sense. Like why we feel so different week over week. And I have a problem with that with women just not understanding their bodies because they just, they don't, they don't get that there is this constant state of hormonal flux. And if we had the proper education growing up, like women would stop battling all of this and instead like come from a supportive point of view and take care of themselves to know, so they know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, so we have this 28-day cycle where our hormones are constantly changing. Meanwhile, men have a 24-hour cycle. So they literally wake up every morning with the same hormones cycling over and over again. And then we're 28 days, so like weeks and weeks of hormone changes, Interesting. which is pretty crazy. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I um, know that. Yeah. So like um, from, from a, a men's, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Like... Um, their biology yeah yeah, <laughs> <That's> yeah. <hard. laughs> from like their bio like how is that in comparison to like the female versus the the time difference of it all but how does that fluctuate throughout the day with their hormones so they're basically like it's the same thing every day they're making testosterone and it's highest the highest point in the morning so that's why men are like able to like hop out of bed really easily, like crush an intense workout, meditate, have like, like a bulletproof coffee and like do all this crazy stuff all before like, you know, 7am. So the testosterone really helps them. And then they have cortisol just the same way women have cortisol Um, in the morning. It helps us get out of bed and, you know, get to work and stuff. And then they have this dip in the afternoon, um, the same way women do as well. And, um, and it's pretty much the same thing every single day. Whereas, you know, women, we have this wake and sleep cycle too. We have the, you know, melatonin at night and the cortisol in the morning to help us get up. Um, but we also have all these other reproductive hormones that are like playing a part in our cycle, but also how we're feeling, um, every single day. And those are constantly changing. Wow. So which parts of our cycle do we feel the most energized and ready to like tackle the to-do list and which parts of our cycle are we feeling more dragged down and tired and really just wanting to kind of pig out? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So the first half of your cycle, um, I'll go over the two phases um, for that. They're the follicular phase and the ovulatory phase. Those are where you're going to feel your, um, your, best and like most like yourself. So I'll go through both of them briefly. Um, the follicular phase is again, right after your period ends. So the day after it ends the next day, follicular phase. And that if you, you can compare your, um, your, your phase, the phases of your cycle to the season. So the follicular phase is kind of like the spring. So if you think of like your period as like hibernation and you like curled up on the couch and it's winter, the follicular is like the spring where after like a long winter, there's plants that are growing out of the ground and leaves on the trees and your hormones are on the rise and they're coming back um, in order to start your cycle all over again. I love that analogy. Sorry to interrupt you, but that's such a good visual for me. I'm such a visual person. So like to think of it like that, it'll help me remember it 
when that's actually happening. Yes. Yes. And um, my sisters and I are just, we're launching a program on this specifically, how to eat and exercise for the phases of your cycle. And um, this phase we nicknamed the grow phase because your hormones are le like legitimately growing and you're feeling like you're like you're blooming like a beautiful little flower again. So um, I'm glad that's helpful. So, so during your follicular phase, you, um, you, for, in terms of exercise, like this is when you can start doing like cardio and like, um, you know, running and, uh, and maybe cycling and things like that, where you can get your heart rate up and you're, you're having more energy and you're more like jazzy to exercise. Um, and, and then the next phase, well, I should actually say too, like in terms of food in your follicular phase, you also want to stick with like light foods, anything that's like, um, you know, if you're eating the rainbow, then you're doing it right. And, um, you're kind of just like helping your body's natural increase of energy. So like sticking with the lighter stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and then moving into the ovulatory phase. Um, that's when ovulation is happening and your energy is sky high because you're seeing peaks in like hormones like estrogen. And, um, that's when you can like crush hit workouts, boot camps, um, anything that's like jacking your heart rate up and you just go ham. Like th that the ovulatory phase is awesome for that. And it's also when you're going to feel the most attractive <laughs> because your body's trying to get you I pregnant. love hormones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. We always say like, this is the phase where you're at a bar and you feel so confident to go over and like give a guy your number or something like that, because you just feel you're most attractive during this time. Um, and you're most social too. So you want to schedule things that are like heavy social engagements or things where you have to talk like fun fact. I asked to, to do this podcast during my ovulatory phase because Ooh. I knew that I yeah would be able to, you know, get my words out and to be able, you know, to convey what I'm saying properly. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So that's the beginning of your, your menstrual cycle that the, those two phases, the follicular and the ovulatory, and those are where you're going to feel your absolute best. And the ovulatory phase, that's a really short window of time, right? Yeah, it's usually like three to four days. Um, so it is short, but it's sweet. Okay, so if the, ovula the ovulatory phase is like the summer, then the luteal phase, which is that you're moving into the second half of your cycle, that's like the fall. Um, and in the, the, luteal, the luteal phase is super long. So it's um, 10 to 14 days. And it's the longest phase of your entire cycle. So you can really break it up into two. So the first half of that luteal phase is like, I always say it's like the fall when everyone's super excited and like pumpkin spice lattes and like, <laughs> you know, going apple picking and like the weather's still beautiful and you're feeling great. Um, that during that, that half of the luteal phase, you're like riding high from all your hormones being, um, you know, elevated. So you can still do more intense exercise. This is where you really want to focus on like strength training and, um, you know, weights and, and like kettlebells and all of those different types of things. And, um, you can start kind of, um, phasing out the hit workouts, but focusing on strength, strength training. And then, during the second half of the luteal, your, your hormones are starting to head down towards your period where they're at their lowest points. So you're going to start to see your energy go from really high to like turning inward and you're going to get fatigued. Um, 
And so you want to switch your workouts to um, more like low and slow, like more walks, more Pilates, more bar, um, things like that. Like this is that part of the fall where you're right, you know, you're right before winter hits when the snow is going to start coming down. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of food too, during your luteal phase, well, during the whole second half of your cycle, your metabolism actually speeds up. So that's the reason why women experience so many cravings um, during the second half of their cycle and like right before their period. Um, and that's where we're like, you know, making brownies and cookies and we're having <laughs> chips and like all that other stuff, right? Yeah. So, um, so during this phase, if you are eating in a way that's not supporting your hormones and you are you know, indulging a lot, which is really, really common. I mean, that's, that's what we all do. It's our biology and um, the fact that our metabolism is sped up, then that's where you're really going to see PMS symptoms um, because it's a result of hormone imbalance. So um, you want to be prepared during this phase and like make the more comforting foods for yourself. Like, um, like, baked sweet potato. Like, I don't know how much you love, you love sweet potatoes or like potatoes in general, but love them. Um, you want to, <laughs> you love them. <laughs> good. Can't get enough. Um, you want to be, yeah, good. That's awesome. You want to be sticking with those types of foods, like the warming, comforting foods, um, to fulfill your cravings and, um, also to be, supporting your body during this time when you're you're you need to be detoxing certain hormones so the the potatoes and and squashes and foods like that like the high fiber foods are going to help you like eliminate the the excess hormones that cause the pms essentially so so that's the luteal phase and then the last phase is the menstrual phase which we're all really familiar with that's the bleeding phase it's usually I think it's like four to seven, three to seven days, somewhere around there. And our hormones are at our lowest point. It's the winter. You're cold. Like women during their period tend to be like legitimately cold. And so you want to stick with warming foods like soups and stews and um, like healing foods. And I always say too, like, I don't want to compare your period to when you're sick, but if you have the flu or something, would you be like outside, you know, running sprints or hill repeats and like restricting calories? You wouldn't be right. You'd be Mm -hmm. taking care of yourself. Right. So, um, during this phase, that's what you want to do. You just want to take care of yourself and, you know, have those healing soups and stews. And in terms of exercise, take it low and slow and, um, stretch. And we always say too, like, use the time that you would go to the gym for a nap, like just take a nap. And, um, it really does help you in the long run. And you're going to see way less symptoms if you take care of yourself from that standpoint. So cycle syncing is really just learning about your cycle and figuring out how to exercise, eat, and, you know, have this lifestyle that revolves around it to optimize your health. Ultimately, is that exactly, is that what it is? Okay. Exactly. Because when women, like when women understand how their bodies work, they can be so, they can feel so much more prepared and understanding. Like you won't feel like you're fighting your body anymore when you know why something's happening, right? You're going to instead switch your point of view to a supportive one, like a loving one where you're like, okay, I have a ton of 
I have a ton of cravings right now and all I want is brownies instead of indulging maybe in the, you can still have a brownie, right? But maybe yeah. not the whole thing, the whole <laughs> box. Um, but instead of like, like making the wrong choices, you can make the right choices and come from a place of love and support as opposed to, um, you know, constantly like that battle state that, you know, fighting your body, fighting your biology, it just makes things so much easier. Um, and I like to say like, if you, when you're cycle syncing and you're aligning your life with your cycle, it's kind of like swimming with the stream instead of constantly swimming upstream. Like when it's, it's not a battle for you anymore. Everything's Mm. just really easy and it flows. I love that. So have you noticed a major difference within yourself when you started doing cycle syncing versus when you didn't really have the knowledge of it at all? Yeah, absolutely. Like I will never go back to living the way I was before I learned about this. And I've been cycle syncing probably for close to two years. Um, but not, it, it takes, it takes some time. This is like a lot of information and a lot to implement in your life. So it's been a slow burn. Like I, I finally feel like I'm somewhat mastering it and I should because I'm creating a program. My sisters and I are, you know, creating a program for women to do exactly this stuff. Um, but I will say that I've been the, within the last seven months since we started working on the program, I've been like walking my talk and doing everything that my body like is asking for and the support that it needs. And my last cycle, I just had my first PMS free cycle that I've ever had. And that is groundbreaking because usually I have like massive bloating to the point where I look like I'm pregnant. I have like terrible mood swings um, and cravings and headaches and things like that. And this last cycle that I had, I didn't have any of that. And I didn't even really know my period was coming until like the day before, Wow, which is massive. That's yeah. Amazing. So, yeah. So, um, it, it is overwhelming. And especially if you've never heard of this before, and I'm just thinking of like one, like maybe someone in your audience who has never heard of this topic before, it can seem super overwhelming. But if you take one thing away from what we're talking about today, like whether it's you know, changing maybe your exercise in the second half of your cycle when you're feeling tired, you're going to feel better in your next cycle. You will feel immediate effects if you just change one thing. Something that I don't have a lot of knowledge on is syncing your cycle with the moon. And I've heard of it. Oh yeah. Will you tell me just like a little bit more about that and what that means? Yeah. So I love this topic because ancestrally women's ovulation and their periods were aligned with the moon cycles. So your phases roughly line up with the moon cycles. So like your follicular phase is the waxing moon. The, the, the ovulatory phase is the full moon. The luteal phase is the waning moon and the menstrual phase is the new moon. And um, this was all before artificial lighting was, you know, around, like before we had TVs and computers and phones, like we were, you know, one with nature. Uh, and um, so we were like affected by these light and dark cycles of the earth. Um, but so to make it really easy for people though, we're doing this a lot in our program too, to get for women who don't have periods or irregular periods, and they're looking to sync their cycle with the like with the four phases of their cycle um we recommend that they find out when the next moon the next new moon is coming so you can look that up on google um the the moon charts for wherever you are 
Um, and when that next new moon hits, that's technically going to be the start of your next period. So once you figure that out, then you can start um, from there living your life um, according, like with the consecutive phases after that. So the new moon will be your menstrual phase, and then you'll move into your follicular, your ovulatory, and your, your luteal, and you can keep going round and round and round. Um, and if you're looking to um, find more information about the four phases, like figure out the exact dates and stuff, you, there's a lot of information online. There are books that you can read, um, like um, Woman Code by Elisa Vitti. She also has another one called In the Flow. It's her second book, and um, that's another great one. But, and she, she has an app as well that my sisters and I always recommend. It's called My Flow, I believe. And so you can plug in that, the dates of your period when that new moon is, and then that app will take you through all the, the subsequent phases of your cycle. Mm. So here's a question for you. If your period is not currently aligned with the moon cycle, can you change that to align with it? Um, it's, it, that's a good question. You don't, you might not be able to just because like I said, the artificial light is legitimately hitting us all day long. So it might be somewhat of a challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's less important to do that and more important to, um, just have a consistent cycle, like the one that you have, and it doesn't really necessarily matter the date and in which it starts. It's just about your cycle being um, consistent uh, month over month. Right. So, but if you, but if you are super interested in linking up with the moon more, there's something called moon bathing. So you can, um, I don't know too much about it, but I know that it's, it basically is like you can, you have to sit outside for 20 minutes a night and let the moonlight hit you and it will kind of get your cycle more in sync with the moon. As women, I feel like we have so many problems with our periods and our cycles. And I think that's, you know, keeps going back to just being like misinformed on how to cycle sync. But I feel like the band-aid, I guess, of all of this is birth control, which really serves a mm -hmm. completely different purpose, which is birth control. But it's being yeah. prescribed for period problems. And sometimes when you get on birth control, you have like terrible side effects and then people try to get off of it and they have terrible side effects. And it's really mm -hmm. hard for us to figure out how to really nurture our bodies. So when you're on hormonal birth control, how does this affect the four phases of your period cycle? Yes. So birth control, essentially, there are no phases. So it essentially is shutting down your reproductive system. It's shutting down the communication between your brain and your ovaries. So... Um, there are not going to be natural hormones being produced. You're not going to be seeing the ebbs and flows of any hormones. You're essentially just going to be um, shutting everything down. So if you're looking at your natural hormone production on a graph, like it literally looks completely flat as a pancake. Um, and you can compare it to how women's hormones look like when they're on menopause. Like that's what your hormones look like when you're on birth control. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty powerful. Um, so some women though, they're like, well, I'm still getting a period while I'm on the pill, you know, everything must be fine. But in reality, that's not a real period. Um, that the bleeding that you get when you're on the pill is just a withdrawal bleed from, from not ingesting those synthetic hormones that week when you have that sugar pill. So you're really 
not getting a period, you're not having a true cycle whatsoever. And um, you're, I like to compare it to, um, you know, shutting off a car and leaving in your driveway for when you go to turn it back on, say it's like, I was on the pill for 10 years. So after 10 years of being off, like there's, there's bound to be some issues when you're turning that car back on, maybe not for everybody, but for a lot of women, there are, um, especially if you had an, a hormone imbalance to begin with. So like for me, I had, I have PCOS and I had painful periods, irregular periods. Um, like, um, what else was I having? I was like bloating and I had all these other symptoms. And, um, when I went on birth control, it's like, if you go back to that car analogy, it's kind of like your car smoking, like from the hood mm -hmm. and you go to get it fixed. And the mechanic says, well, just shut your car off and the smoke will stop. But when you turn the car back on, isn't going to still be broken. So that's kind of what the pill does. It's, it's, um, it masks hormonal imbalances and it's a band-aid solution as opposed to getting to the root cause of your issues as a woman and figuring out why these things are actually happening and, and approaching it that way to find a solution versus just like shutting the car off and leaving it. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say, yeah, so, so. <laughs> I think when I was like 16, I, I went on birth control for period problems. Like I, you know, I, my doctor, I think my periods are really heavy and I would get headaches and I had anxiety. So my doctor was like, perfect, go on birth control. Like this will solve all of your problems. And I really mm -hmm. was on birth control up until I want to say maybe like a year and a half ago before my husband and I started talking about like me wanting to get pregnant. And I wanted to kind of flush my body out, I guess, like, and just try to get yeah. it back to normal and regulate everything. So I didn't know how that was going to be when I went off of it. And I definitely experienced like some weight gain when I went off of it. I had acne. Yep. I've never had acne even before I went on the pill and I was like breaking out all the time. And so it's just really interesting that that's just, it seems like it's just such a quick solution and answer. And it's, yes. it's a little bit scary that we don't have more information circulating about this because it, I think it's yes. really important to know. Yeah. And that's like part of my issue with birth control is that like, it's just being prescribed so quickly and easily to resolve issues that have nothing that like, it has nothing to do with preventing pregnancy. I'm pretty sure the stat is like more than half the women on the pill are for uh, to treat symptoms as opposed to preventing pregnancy. And so it's being prescribed way too easily and without any information. Um, and I know that like, for me, like when I went on it at 16, I didn't ask any questions of my doctor. I didn't ask for any, what were the risks or anything. Mm -hmm. And my doctor also did not, um, you know, supply me with that, that information. So I think it's just being prescribed way too easily. And women have no idea about how it affects your body and how it's shutting down your, your entire reproductive system during like the formative years when you're like, I had just gotten my period when I was 16. It had, it didn't even have the chance to like, you know, create itself and like find its way. Like I just shut it down right away. And the other two parts of the like birth control that really bother me is that one, it really depletes your body of, of, um, key micronutrients that are important for pretty much everything in your body, but to 
you need them to create hormones, these micronutrients. So like vitamin B, magnesium, vitamin D, you absolutely need those so your body can function properly. And those are being stripped, you know, the entire time you're on the pill. And then the other thing too, is that it works on your gut, like, um, like an antibiotic would. So it's stripping your gut of the good bacteria, causing an imbalance and like, like creating an environment for bad bacteria to grow and take over. And that to me is super scary because your gut is like your second brain and, you know, like 90%, 80 to 90% of your immune systems in your gut. So how do you think your, you know, your immune system is going to be functioning when you're on the pill? And those are like, that's two major things in your body. Um, so it makes a lot of sense to me that women are struggling either while they're on the pill or when they're coming off. Mm-hmm. And um, your story is super relatable to me because I struggled with synthetic birth control syndrome too, um, coming off the pill. And my sister Carly did it at the same time as me. We both struggled massively. Um, I, she had like waking and um, hot flashes and I had massive panic attacks and depression and anxiety and like irrational fears. Like I remember not being able to, not being like, not wanting to drive my car. And that is so crazy to think about because I was not like that at all. Like not one second of my life did I spend with panic attacks, depression or anything like that before I went on the pill. Mm-hmm. And to experience that stuff afterwards um, and to have zero support from doctors. Like I was going to doctors and they were saying, you know, it's just, just your body trying to get itself back to normal. Like maybe you should go back on the pill or maybe you should go see a psychiatrist and everything just gets dusted under the rug and not, nobody was able to provide support to me during that time when I was, you know, it was such a dark time for me. And I think it's just like, it's, it's very indicative of the way women's healthcare is now. Like we're all, we're just supposed to be struggling with our symptoms as opposed to like looking at the root cause of why this is happening. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, I just think like, and synthetic birth control syndrome, it's not recognized by the current like medical system right now. So it makes a lot of sense why no one could help me, but it just like, to me, it makes no sense that, we have no studies on how the pill is affecting women as they're coming off because there are so many women that are on it and it's been around since like the sixties. So you would think there's more information on it, but there's not. So my sisters and I feel pretty outspoken about birth control, but I feel like somebody has to, you know, help women get this information. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because I feel like before I got pregnant, like and I was off birth control for for probably like eight or nine months. And I felt like my body was, you know, kind of back in a normal cycle. And I was like getting my period at the same time every month. Mm -hmm. I felt so much less anxious once I was off of birth control. I mean, I definitely like my hormones were like, woo, like a little like, (laughs) like when I got off of it, but when I was on birth control, I mean, And I also think it plays a part that I was like in high school and college and like all these changes and stuff, but I was really anxious and like very, I mean, I still have anxiety. Like it's not to say that 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 fixed everything, but I mean, I would have total freak out meltdowns certain Mm -hmm. times of the month, every single month. And once I got off of birth control, I'm telling you, it was like a 180 with my anxiety. 
it's crazy. It is really crazy. It's like, and that's what bothers me is that, you know, women are taking this, you're ta they're taking a pill every single day and it's being taken lightly, but it's a, it's a medicate, it's a real medication and it's, a, it affects every single part of your body. And, and so I think like we, it needs to be taken with, with caution and understanding and just more like more information. Women need to be informed about it so that they can make the choice. You know, if, if, birth control if that's how they want to prevent pregnancy and they know all the information then good for them like you go ahead and be on birth control like zero judgment there but if you know there's it but if if you are learning about the stuff and you're finding you're not comfortable with it or you're even on it and you're noticing symptoms like your doctor should have said you know this is not normal like we should probably take you off but i feel like women never get that far because they don't think that those two things are connected. Mm -hmm. And I think like when you go on it at such a young age, right? Like I was 15 or 16 years old and you know, things are changing in your body and whatever, but it's like you go on this birth control and you think this is just my personality. Like I didn't think it was the birth <laughs> control that was making me so angry or anxious. Right. And, like, I didn't know that. So I didn't know to ask those questions to my doctor. I was just kind of like, oh, well, this is just like the way that I am, I guess. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and I, I'm just so happy to hear though, that once you came off, everything got better. Like you shouldn't have to live that way. Yeah. So I know a couple people asked about like tips for birth control detoxing. So I guess that would mean like when their periods are irregular coming off of birth control, how to sync that? Do you have any ideas for how they could align yeah, that a little bit? Definitely. So I just want to say, if you are looking, if you're listening and you're looking to come off the pill, do not do it cold turkey. Do not just quit. You want to um, have a couple of months beforehand where you are um, like implementing some sort of like healing protocol. And I can talk about that in a few steps. Um, but you want to make sure you're doing it in advance of coming off the pill so that your body is not in like this state of shock, which is, I think, exactly what happened to my body um, when I came off the pill and my sister too. So first of all, you want to supplement with um, some sort of like prenatal or multivitamin so that you are replenishing the micronutrients that are lost when you're on the pill. Something with like you know, B vitamins, magnesium, um, because we need those micronutrients in order to create hormones. So now that your body's not going to be on the pill anymore and you're not ingesting these fake hormones, your body's going to have to start producing them on their own. And so it will be impossible to do that if you don't have the right tools, which is the, these micronutrients. So um, you want to go ahead and make sure you're taking a prenatal. Um, and then also... Oh, you also need these micronutrients too, to detoxify any excess hormones. Like once these hormones are used up, they need to get out of your body properly and they need to be packaged up in a way to, to leave. And the micronutrients are also going to help with that. So then also I would, I would say that you want to rebuild your gut. And I mentioned earlier that the pill works on your gut, like a, an antibiotic would. So at this point you want to be doing everything you can to rebuild the good bacteria in your gut. So taking a quality probiotic is really easy. Um, eating fermented foods. I love like sauerkraut. I, that I have like a couple of fork fills with breakfast every morning. Fermented foods are great for building up the bacteria, the good bacteria. And also like, 
drinking bone broth that's the easiest thing like you buy you can buy like an organic container of bone broth and pour it into a mug and heat it up as if it was tea and um, bone broth is really good at healing leaky gut and improving the bacteria in your gut mm -hmm. so so one is the micronutrients replenishing those with the prenatal and then two is the rebuilding the good bacteria in your gut and then three is supporting your liver so while you're on the pill you're, as I was mentioning, you're ingesting these fake hormones and the liver has the job of detoxing all of these, these hormones out of your body. And it become, it can become really bogged down with the synthetic hormones. And then also with like everything else in modern day life, like the toxins have to go through there as well. Um, like process anything like chemicals from your food and pesticide that all goes to the liver. So you want to love up your liver as much as physically possible. And, um, the liver loves cruciferous vegetables, so stick with like broccoli, cauliflower, kale, asparagus, um, Brussels sprouts, like things like that. So cruciferous vegetables, and also if you wanted to do any um, additional supplementing, you could do things like milk thistle or dandelion root, and I drink two of those things in a tea like pretty much a couple times a week. So those are super easy just to make yourself tea. Um, so in summary, it's the um, supporting yourself with the micronutrients in a prenatal or multivitamin, rebuilding your gut bacteria, and then also supporting your liver with the right foods and supplements. So yeah. the, last thing, the last thing I will say is that if you're coming off the pill, you 100% without a doubt need to get the book Beyond the Pill by Jolene Brighton. She is... Um, like such a trailblazer in this topic of women's health. And she has an entire book that tells you exactly what your heart, like going, what's going on with your body while you're on the pill and, and a whole plan on how you should come off of it. So I definitely recommend getting that book. Girl, you are freaking amazing. Like my mind is blown <laughs> right now. I'm just like, wow, I'm learning so much. And I'm just, I feel like I've already learned so much in our conversation that I've learned in the last like 20 years of my life. So, <laughs> Oh, that makes me so happy. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. And those are some really, really good tips. Um, I wanted to ask you, what are some of the most common hormone imbalance symptoms that you see? Yeah. So the most thing by far that we see is, um, is PMS. And that is, you know, like, and the symptoms for PMS can be like, it's a wide range from like acne to bloating, um, mood swings, fatigue, like it has, it shows up in a lot of different ways. And um, PMS happens because there's, it usually happens because there's an, in, there's a too much estrogen in, a, in um, comparison to progesterone. So in the luteal phase of your period, of your cycle, it's right before your period, like the seven to day, 10 days right before your period, estrogen is, is peaking and progesterone is supposed to be peaking as well. But um, sometimes like if we have an irregular cycle, you're not ovulating and um, if you're not ovulating, then you're not producing progesterone. So basically when there's an imbalance of those two hormones and estrogen is dominating the situation and progesterone like has, can't compete with it, um, that's where you're going to see PMS. So, um, resolving that 
you can do that in a lot of ways. One is syncing with your cycle. So that's everything that we just talked about with the four phases um, mm -hmm. by supporting your body and your like elimination pathways during that time. Um, you're really going to, your body's going to be able to, um, to deal with that, that estrogen, that excess estrogen and safely like eliminate it. Um, and then the other thing I would say is that's a really easy tip is to pay attention to the products that you have um, that you're putting on your skin or using in your home. Um, the chemicals that are in these products are so incredibly bad for our health for so many reasons. Like they're connected to cancer and so many other terrible, terrible things. Um, but you need to, like people need to know that they're also, they're, they contain xenoestrogens, which are, um, fake, like fake, they're like fake estrogens. They mimic estrogen in our bodies. So when you're, say you're washing your face every single day with this really ke um, chemical laden like product, you're putting xenoestrogens or, or fake estrogens on your skin. And then that's adding to the estrogen levels that are in your body to begin with. Mm -hmm. So you're elevating your estrogen. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's crazy. And we just don't like most people don't know about this stuff. So you want to make sure you're switching your products over and, um, and trying, there's so many like really great non-toxic products out there. And the way I recommend doing that is going to the environmental working group, um, uh, dot, environmentalworkinggroup.com. They have a website and they have a, a database on the website called skin deep. And you can put your, your products in there to see what level of, um, of toxins are in your products. And they, it's like a scale of one to 10. Some of the stuff that I have used in the past is like a seven and, um, it's really scary, but it's eye opening. And then you yeah. can also use their, their database to find better brands. Um, so you could literally search for like face wash and find one that's a one or a two and then go out and buy that brand. So I think sometimes so, yeah. you're using products for so many years too, because you find something that you like, you're like, oh, I like this. It smells good. Or, you know, it doesn't, it helps with my acne and this and that. And you use it for so mm -hmm. long. That's like scary to think that you could be putting all of this stuff into your body. But I also think it's like, for me, it's kind of daunting to, to do that. Be like, okay, what do I need? Like, this is crazy. Like even cleaning products or stuff that you're using every day in your day-to-day -day household that probably are, is not great, you know, to use repetitively. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And it can be super overwhelming. So we always say to just like, start with something that you're using a ton of, like, for example, um, for cleaning products, I use the same spray and I wipe down, like I, and I have a one-year-old son, so things are a mess like all the time, right? So I'm <laughs> constantly cleaning the counters, like everything. And so, you know, I'm using this household spray. So that's something that I'm using a ton of, and that would be one of the first things that I would switch over. And so you just have to start with one thing, find the brand that works well for you, and then, you know, get comfortable with that. And then maybe, you know, a couple of weeks later, try something else go through one product at a time. Like it doesn't have to happen all at once. Just mm -hmm. take it slow. And any change that you make is going to be a massive like help for your body. Just keep that in mind too. Yeah, that's a good point. So I know also a couple of people asked about like cystic acne and hormonal acne and how to treat that. Um, yeah. yeah. What's your, what's your thought on that? 
Yeah, this one is so common and it's such a shame because I feel like women don't want to leave their homes or like see people um, because of the acne. So I know it's something that, that you know, women really want to figure out. Um, and like acne is such a surface level symptom, like it's legitimately on the surface of your skin, but the root cause of it is is coming from within. So in order to make those changes, like you have to, you have to make the changes inside your body as opposed to like going for the topical creams or like taking a medication like birth control, like we were talking about when you're doing, you're, you're taking a medication or you're doing a topical, topical cream. It's kind of like, um, we like to use the analogy of painting. It's like you're painting a dying plant green as opposed to actually like watering the roots and watching it like grow and mm -hmm. rejuvenate itself. Mm -hmm. So so yeah, I mean, your, your skin is your largest organ and um, it's like our last layer of elimination. So if you're seeing issues on your skin, it, it, mean, it, makes, it means that something along the chain of, of like the process of elimination has gone wrong and, um, and you have to kind of like go backwards to try like towards the beginning of the process and try to fix things that are going on. And there are so many things that can contribute to acne, right? So it could be like gut related or digestive health related. If you have like food intolerances, um, it can be like micronutrient deficiencies or, and, and obviously hormone related too. And maybe we should just focus on that one because that's what my sisters and I kind of yeah. specialize in. Um, but um, women mostly experience acne around ovulation or, um, or around their period. And, um, and it's, it just means that there is a hormone imbalance and it brings it back to what I was just talking about with PMS, how there is that imbalance of estrogen as, as opposed to progesterone in, um, in comparison to progesterone. And so, um, we, we need to just like support our body's natural detoxification process. Um, and I'm talking about bowel movements, <laughs> getting personal. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. So, you know, that's just part of life. <laughs> that's just the way it's got to go. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And the easiest way to like improve your elimination is through diet. And I love just focusing on diet. It's the easiest way to like, ca like cast a large net and, and like, um, attack the root cause of a lot of different things. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an easy way to make big changes. Um, and so how do we support elimination? That's kind of what I was saying before too, with like supporting your gut, eating in a way that supports your gut. Um, so you want to be doing like the probiotic, like I was saying, like the eating the fermented foods, the bone broth, um, and just just taking care of your gut in every way possible, like eliminating the processed foods that are in your diet. You know, you want to stick with whole foods, whole food sources. You want to stick with well-balanced meals, like quality proteins, quality fats, as many vegetables as you can stomach <laughs> mm -hmm. and foods that are high in fiber because that fiber is going to be supporting your bowel movements. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, I could go on and on like leafy greens, eating your, your good, um, complex carbs, like the sweet potatoes and chickpeas and, um, and things that have a lot of fiber, but you want to make sure that you are pooping like one or two times a day, regularly, every single day in order to be detoxing these hormones out of your body and keeping a balance of everything. 
And um, if you're approaching it from a food approach, that's usually going to really help improve your skin over, you know, a weeks to two months. Yeah, that's super interesting. And sorry, I'm like firing these questions at you, but it's just like, I think no, a don't lot of people are curious about this and it's just, yeah, it's just fascinating to me. I, I also, I briefly wanted to, to chat about, you know, having a baby and your hormones after yeah. you have a baby. So I am eight months pregnant right now. And I think that it's just, you know, people get pregnant and they're like, oh my gosh, my hormones are all over the place. And I tend to agree with that. Is there a way to regulate your hormones when you are pregnant? Yeah. Well, congratulations, by the way. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. <laughs> You're coming down the final stretch. I'm yeah. excited for you. Oh, thank you. What, during pregnancy and postpartum, they're like the most confusing times ever because our hormones are like drastically different while you're pregnant. And then you feel this drop off afterwards, after you have the baby. And then you, if you're nursing, then you're having a whole set of hormones that are going to be supporting you through that as well. Mm -hmm. um, so things can kind of be a little bit like all over the place. And especially because you're not sleeping afterwards, right? You're taking care of the baby or yes. a lot. Your, yep. your circadian rhythm is like non-existent at that point, like your wake and sleep cycle. So you're kind of all over the place, but I think like you can't really regulate your hormones during pregnancy and afterwards, but you can absolutely like support yourself and, um, come like support yourself in a lot of ways. And I think like, it's about flipping the script. Like, I think a lot of women are just obsessed with taking like, and including myself, like it happened to me too. Like we, there's so much pressure in to get like getting our bodies back, like getting into like back into our genes. And I, it, I just hate that it's such a thing because we literally just created this human life. We did such an, we just did something that was so incredible. Like we're never going to be the same again. Our bodies mm -hmm. will never be the same. And so I think things that I see with the women in my life and like, even for myself, some of the, the feelings that I felt was that like, we were working out too much or we're working out too hard in order to meet that unrealistic expectation. So, you know, as postpartum moms, we're already super exhausted and um we're like we're running our bodies into the ground and on top of that we're doing tough workouts so that we can lose we can drop like the last five to ten pounds or whatever it is so right. we have to remember we have to remember that like exercise is a stressor on the body it can be a good stressor in in the right times but if you're not doing it in a supportive way you can really do some damage for your hormones um and then the other thing is like under eating and, and it, it goes along with us trying to like speed up that process of getting our body back. And, um, meanwhile, like during that time, your body has just gone through something pretty crazy and you need, so it needs extra, extra, extra support during this time to get through it and to like find its way back to equilibrium. So especially if you're nursing, right? Like you're, mm -hmm. you're literally supporting another human life. So we want to be like nourishing our bodies with the right foods and eat well-balanced meals with like proteins and fats and lots of greens and complex carbs. And, um, and yeah, we just, we don't want to be like skipping meals or cutting calories or anything like that. We want to support our bodies. And the same thing goes for exercise. Like you don't want to be doing boot camps all the time and, um, crazy hit classes and burpees and, and like every day of the week, like you yeah. need to listen something there's something to be said for like tuning into your body every single day 
listening to what the, the cues are and like basing your life around how you're feeling on that given day. Um, and that's the only way to really be, that's how you're going to support yourself because when you're, when you're pregnant and when you're postpartum, your hormones are fluctuating so much. And so you have to just tune in every single day and listen and support your body through this time and come from that loving point of view, as opposed to you trying to change your body or stronghold your body into feeling a certain way. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm like, can you just move in with me and just tell me this every <laughs> single day? <laughs> but yeah, I think that's like such a good point. I think there is such a, it's a pressure that we feel internally to you know, oh my gosh, wow, you look so great after just having a baby. And you just like feel this pressure to have to like go work out and eat healthy because if not, then we feel bad about ourselves. And it's, we have to remember that, you know, you literally just created a life. Your body just went through trauma. It's not just going to bounce back. I mean, yeah, like for some people it does, but for a lot of people it doesn't. And um, yeah, I think that those are all good points just, you know, and, and that's the thing too, is like your period doesn't come back right away. And I don't, I, I mean, I don't know much about it if people do get their periods while they're breastfeeding still, but what would you say is like a good time frame to start trying to cycle sync after you either A, give birth or B, stop breastfeeding? Yeah. So if you're nursing, chances are you probably won't get your period back um, until you're like starting to wean off and you're not producing as much milk. Um, just because the hormones that, you know, are helping that process, you know, they prevent your body from like ovulating and going through a natural cycle. But I would say like when you're headed towards that point in your postpartum journey, when you're starting to wean off and and stop nursing, that's when you'll start to eat, you'll start to notice more significant changes with your body and your cycle. Um, So that's when I would pretty much tune in at that point to see, um, your, your, I would wait until you get your first period. And then from there start to cycle sync with the phases, even if it's irregular, try to take it, um, as it comes. And, um, and it's, I know it might be a little confusing before then. Like I remember when I, after I had my son, it took, I think I didn't get my period until like the eighth month or something like that postpartum. And I was dying for it because I just wanted to know where I was at. Mm-hmm. All you can do before then, though, is just support your body every single day. Like I was saying, just listen to your body's cues and give it what it needs. And then as soon as you get your first cycle back, then start sinking from there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's super frustrating for a lot of women because they're just like, I don't, I don't trust my body or like, I don't know what's happening. And, you know, I think that you use your period almost as like a compass, right? For like, what's just life. Like you're like, okay, like things revolve around that. And then when it's completely off, you get, it's confusing, you know, it can be frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it a compass. Um, and I liked also what you said about women not trusting their bodies and that's what we have to change. We have to, we have to understand that it, our bodies are doing everything they can right now to first support a human life through nursing. And then once we're done, like it's just, it's figuring it out. It'll be right there. We just have to be patient and loving. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd love to finish by talking a little bit just about your new program that you're offering. Will you tell everybody a little bit about that and what's included in it? Yeah, um, I would love to. My sisters and I, um, we created this 12-week program. It's called the Power of Periodization, or we've been calling it POP for short. 
And it basically is all about teaching women the foundations of eating and exercising according to the four phases of their cycle and their, their monthly hormonal rhythms. So it's a lot of what we talked about today in terms of the four phases. It's, we're providing a ton of education, but we're also helping women take these practical tips um, and we're, we're helping them put it into their life in a seamless way. So we're, we're helping them to, we're giving them calendars and journals. And so we're also giving, actually, I don't, I don't think I mentioned this, we're giving them a three month workout program too. So, you know, they're going to wake up they're going to figure out what phase they're in based on their unique calendar and they they can go straight to their workout and see what they have lined up for that day and the rest of the phase. And, um, they can, they'll be able to implement, um, you know, practical like food tips and things like that. So they can start learning the foundations of syncing with their cycle. Um, and we're doing this because like I said, like women can find this stuff really overwhelming and, you know, I, I can't even tell you how many times before I learned this, like I Googled my symptoms trying to find, you know, a, a way out of this to try to figure out what was going on. And I know a lot of women are feeling the same way. They're just feeling stuck and they don't know how to get this stuff going. So our whole program is about that and just helping women feel um, empowered and excited about tracking their cycle and living in alignment with their cycle. So we actually, if you don't mind, we created a unique um, code for your audience if anybody wants to sign up. Yes, um, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think I'm pretty sure, and I can double check on this, it's, it's, uh, the code is breaking the ice and we will be giving your audience 10% off if anyone wants to join from there. Oh my gosh, that is so awesome. And is your pricing online for the program? Yes, we have everything. Um, we have a whole website built out for the program and like all these facts. If you have any questions about your period or whatever situation that you're in with your cycle and your journey, um, there's a ton of information online and you can also find a lot of info on our Instagram. We're talking about it a lot as we're gearing up to, to, um, to launch. So basically it is, it's going to be a group thing. So we have a private Facebook group where you'll have a community of everyone who's doing the program alongside of you, but because every woman's cycle is different, everyone is going to be in a different phase at a different time. Um, you are creating your own unique calendar and, um, but we're giving you the framework to get it started. And then we're all going to be syncing our cycles at the same time at the same time, like simultaneously, but we're not going to be all on the same calendar, if that makes sense. So is it something that you're going to be doing like ongoing, like the, then it will open back up again at a certain time and people can join in later? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it, we're, we're starting it off together. It's a three month program. So we're doing it for three months in total. Um, and you, the program will live on for anybody who, um, who wants to either start late if they wanted, or, um, you know, or, or continue doing it afterwards, the program will live on for them, but we are going to start all at the same time. Um, and so that I, I would recommend doing that. So you're keeping up with the education and stuff as we go, as opposed to, um, kind of like waiting a couple of weeks and then being bombarded with a lot of stuff. Yeah. So our, our enrollment period is going to be up until the, the 14th. And then we're going to start together on um, the 15th of October. And um, the first week or two is going to be a very education based in helping um, women get set up with the, the program and their, their unique calendars. And then we're going to start 
cycle syncing together on the 1st of November. So by the time, I'm not sure when this episode is going to come out, but if it does and it's a little bit past the, you know, the start date of the 15th, that's okay. You can always join a little bit late and, um, and hop right into the group and get started with us on the 1st. Yay. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Where can people find you on Instagram? Yay. Um, you can find us at Balanced Buyers, B-E-Y-A-R-S on Instagram. That's my sister's, that's our last name. And um, our website's www.balancedbuyers.com. And, um, and yeah, you can pretty much find us there. And thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure speaking with you. And I also just want to say like, this podcast is amazing for women who are, you know, living our hockey lifestyle. And um, I'm, I just find it so valuable. And it's, it's like, it's just so nice for women to be able to listen to it and to relate to a lot of the, the topics that you're talking about. So thank you so much for all the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you for saying that. And where are you guys? Do you guys have a contract for next year? We are, um, we, our team just got moved to Charlotte. So we were on a two-year contract. And um, so we're expecting to go to Charlotte this, I don't know when it's going to happen actually. So <laughs> I know everyone's waiting When the season hear. starts back up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when the season start, starts back up and God knows when, maybe January. Um, so yeah, we're, we're looking to go to Charlotte and uh, when that time comes. Well, you know what? That is a fun city to play in, I'm sure. I know. I have no qualms about the fact that it got moved there. I'm really excited to explore, and I'm all about the temperate weather, so get out of the winter here. (laughs) I'm in New England right now. (laughs) Are you? Okay, yeah. (laughs) I'm sure that'll be a nice little switch for you. I'm from San Diego originally, so I'm very much like 70 degrees needs to be Mm -hmm. the temperature at all times. Oh my gosh, I bet. Like, I love San Diego so much. Do you miss it? I do miss it. Yeah, I miss the beach and just like the culture and stuff. But Charlotte mm-hmm. will probably be a lot warmer for you, right? Yeah, I'm really excited about that. It's going to be great. Yay. Well, thank you again. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. See you next week.